Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Handoff, faked. Hertz will keep it, but he's under pressure and brought down for a sack. Tim Settle was there first. And he is hopping around like a penguin. That's what he does. Chris Brown there on the call. Tim Settle with a nice sack there. I love the penguin. I'm a big, I'm a big fan it's of fun. penguin celebration. I think any player that like Jalen Waddle was a well. I mean, kind of kind of makes sense with Jalen. Big fan of that celebration. <laughs> it's funny. Zay Flowers. What do you think of that one? I know. It, it's not Bills, but I was saying I know Lamar Jackson didn't like it. I, I loved it. Was it. Fine. I thought it was. It fine. was creative. Your yeah. last name's Flowers, and you do a fake bouquet throw. Like, come on. I think that's fine. I liked it. I, how much you want to bet a fan next game is going to have like a bouquet ready for him in the end zone? I think almost definitely because then, like, Lamar hand... Jackson did make a big deal of it or, or made made his opinion known. I I would almost guarantee that. Happens. I personally would love to see it. It'll be interesting. I'll, I'll go like to Baltimore that. and do it. You'll go to Baltimore and do it. That's good, though. That's good. <laughs> That's good. It, 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 someone's going to do it and want to do it yourself. I get that. So we, we've been talking a little bit about uh, Sean McDermott, kind of like the the feeling around this Bills team and, and just where we're at right now. I am, I've am i been someone that's very frustrated with kind of just this feeling of they don't play to win or they're not coached to play to win. They, they play not to lose. They're coached not to lose. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we've taken a, a few calls here as well. If you want to join the show, 803-0550. We're on air here until 3 o'clock. We're going to hand things off to show up on the Bulldog. Um, you know, the idea that they have not developed uh, an elite defensive lineman and stuff like that. I, I guess that is true. They have not developed an elite defensive lineman. They've developed elite players at every other position, though. Matt Milano is an all-pro linebacker. He was a fifth-round pick. Terrell Bernard looks to be a Pro Bowl linebacker in his first year starting. He was a third-round pick. Christian Benford. Christian Benford's been solid as, as a sixth-round cornerback. You know, even when they brought in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer younger, I mean, those guys were later-round picks who they developed into the best safety tandem the Bills have ever had by quite mm-hmm. a margin. The best safety tandem in the league. Tredavious White was, uh, you know, the 27th overall pick. He, for a, a short time there, was the highest-paid cornerback in football and was an all-pro. I mean, they've developed great players at other positions. They just didn't do it at the sexy position on the defensive line. I mean, that's really what it was. They didn't do it at, at the fun one. I think they wanted Al, I think they thought Al Oliver could be that guy. Mm-hmm. He needs a lot of help on the defensive line to get the most out of him. He's turned into a really good player, but it's taken some time. I think Greg Rousseau is another one I think they're hoping for. He has not developed into that guy either, whether it be through injuries or just his own limited ability. I think it might be a bit of a a both situation. Even when he was at Miami, the University of Miami, he got a lot of his uh, 15 sacks his his last year before COVID where he sat out. Uh, He he had 15 and a half sacks. He got a lot of those based off coverage sacks. Greg Rousseau was not this flashy prospect they were getting. Numbers-wise, he looked great. I mean, 6'7", 15 and a half sacks in that one year, but a lot of it was coming off coverage sacks. He was not 
a, a dude that just blew by the right or left tackle and was a force to be reckoned with. He just was a guy that was a great finisher. So I like I think that's a fair complaint, but they've developed other incredibly elite players at other positions on the defense. They have. Do I want an elite pass rusher? Yeah, I do. I do. I think as well, though, I think their goal has not been to do that. I think their goal has actually to been more of a rotation mm-hmm. and to have really good players, but like seven or eight of them. Well, it kind of goes back to like, look at the Eagles of 2017. It was, oh, cool. You're, you're, your offensive line's tired? Yeah. Here's our second stringers that yeah, can be, we're, we're that can be starters on every other team. The only difference there, and I think truthfully, the only difference is Fletcher Cox is potentially a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. And he was like near his prime in 2017, if not in his prime. He was. And so I, I, I think that's the thing is like, that's the big difference. I really do believe they wanted Al Oliver to be that guy. They took him top 10. He looked like that guy coming out of Houston, a little undersized. So, of course, the Aaron Donald comparisons came out in a hurry. He never really developed into that guy. But I think that's what they were hoping for. And it didn't happen. And they kind of found out that Oliver does need a little bit more help on the interior of the line to get the most out of him. But when you get the most out of him, He's a game changer. He can really cause problems. But again, I think they've developed enough guys everywhere else on the defense to feel to at least feel good about how the defense has been performing. For me, though, a lot of it is just coming down to at the end of these games. Yeah, they have some cover zero blitzes and stuff like that, but it it they go into this zone system where they just give up yards for free. They just let people march down the field. Well, I, I remember watching the the Eagles game and. I looked like I I don't remember it might have been the third quarter or fourth quarter it was late in the game and I I just glanced up at the screen and I I swear I saw the exact same formation as the start of thirteen seconds mm-hmm. and I just got flashbacks I was like whoa <laughs> like the fl- like like, the flashbacks. like I was like whoa here we go like this is the same you know bad zone defense that we saw the Chiefs exploit in 13 seconds, and here we go again. The Eagles are about to do the same exact thing. Yeah, the only, the only difference when was you, can't you weren't see... staring at the clock. It was just you were watching them matriculate down the yeah. field, and just like you're like, cool, they're, they're, just not gonna, they're never going to stop them. When you can't see the safeties on the screen, you know the Bills are in that bad zone setup. And, mm-hmm. it, and it just, you can tell, like, right away. And that's, what I, that's where I was getting at with the, the predictability point yeah. from earlier, was that they're doing the same thing over and over again, and it's just not working. Like, no. But but the thing is, is like they don't do that the whole game. They do that at the end of the game, which is the, the frustrating part. Because, because there is a fear of losing and not in a, a, a just-go-and-win. Right. I think that's the mindset, is they don't have the just-go-win-the-game right. mindset. Because it's either it's either A, you're going to, like, here, here's, here's your three options when you're in that point in the game. A, you do what you're doing now, and you lose slowly. You You, you don't... You don't just boom fall apart. It's boom you lose over the next three minutes. Yep. Or B, you attack. You get the ball. You win the game. C, you attack. They beat you. Game over. Mm-hmm. Those are your three options. I'd personally go with the other two. Yeah. If you attack and they exploit you and and they beat you, they also okay. Get paid you try. Well, it's, but it's one of my things. They get paid too. Right. You know the Eagles, going, the Eagles were what nine and one going into that game. They're ten and one now. Yeah, they were nine and one for a reason. They are really good at closing out games. They're very. They know exactly who they are. I think it's why the tush push bothers everyone so much. Mm-hmm. Is they make sure to set themselves up to where yeah we're in third and one, fourth and one. We can just do it. We right. have a quarterback that can squat six hundred pounds. We <laughs> yeah. have a Hall of Fame safety in Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. We have center or center. We have a right tackle in Lane Johnson who for like three years didn't give up a sack. 
just do what you got to do. Do exactly what we need to do and get it done. Perfect. That's exactly what you should be doing. They have that identity. I don't know if the Bills have an identity. Their identity should be Josh they, Allen has the ball. They do have He's going to make plays. They're going to get him to the playmakers. Stephon Diggs is going to be a big part of this. I like the Kincaid's come around. I like that James Cook is starting to get involved in the passing game. They do have an identity. Unfortunately, it is play scared. Yeah, to not. It's just, to, it's play to not win. I just don't. I don't understand why. But like, I, I, like this is the thing though. The fact that I think McDermott's like one in six in overtime games, or like one in seven. One in. S- it's one of the two. I, I know. I know. Allen has not won an overtime game. Allen's zero six. I think so. It's one in seven. Yeah, one in yeah. seven. Allen's zero six. So you have that stat. Then you have the the one score games the last two years that are uh, in the last three years that McDermott's seventeen and se- uh, seventeen and seventeen. Well, you look at last year and every one score game they were winning, with the exception of like one or two. Mm-hmm. So what happened? You know why? The offense was winning those games. The offense was the last unit on the field in those games last year that they won. I, I, it, it, I, I, it, that's what any, it comes down to. In any college, pro, any bit of football, I will always have the offense having the ball last. I, tr- I trust that more. Mm-hmm. I, I infinitely trust that more. I think even with McDermott being a defensive coach, I would always trust having the ball last. Look, as a Texas fan, watching the Red River rivalry this year against Oklahoma, Texas loses that game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma had the ball last. Mm-hmm. Technically, I mean, I, technically Texas had the ball last because they had like three seconds to do it. But right. that that's no time at all. You can run a single play. It's a Hail Mary. You're hoping and praying. I will always trust the offense having the ball last. I think they almost did too well on that final offensive series to, to when they scored. I mean, they were running like the wind out there. Yeah, and they were, like, and they hey, were getting slow chunk, down, yeah, guys, getting slow chunk down. yards. <laughs> I think there was a thought of we're going to drain all seven minutes here and the Eagles played it so poorly to start, or maybe so perfectly to start, that they gave up just too many yards. That the right. Bills ultimately were in like the red zone, and there was three minutes left, and it was like, oh, crap. All right, well, we have to score, but we're right. not going to take all the time off the clock. We're going to give them about, I think, 152 was, was what was on the clock when, mm-hmm. when Hurts had the ball. And to be fair, your defense did its job in that sense, where you know the Eagles' offense had over two, a little over two minutes to go down the field and score to either tie it or win it. Mm-hmm. And you got it down to about 20 seconds. You almost had them. You had, you had about down 20 seconds. I, but it also, it for me though, they got in a field goal range pretty quickly. It was two Jason Kelsey penalties in a row that yeah. pushed them out of field goal range. True. They got down there basically no problem. They were then taken out, almost taken out of field goal range by Kelsey. And then, yes, it took an amazing kick from, from Jake, um, Elliott. Jake Elliott to, to send that game to overtime. I just it, 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 uh, we're talking a lot about the Eagles game. It's not just the Eagles game. No, it is games like Washington, like New England, like the Jets game this year, where it just it, it constantly felt like they had changed what this identity of this team should be, which is that they are a nuclear weapon out there. They are there to blow bad teams out of the water. A lot of like what Miami does now. Miami's big problem though is they're a paper tiger. Yeah. They can beat the hell out of a bad team. No problem. They put up 70 points on a bad Denver Broncos team, or at least at the time it was a bad Denver Broncos team. It's not bad anymore. No, their de- and their defense is actually what's winning them games. But the Bills have proven and are built to beat all of these teams, to beat bad teams, to beat good teams. But they're not being played that way. They're not being set up to be that way. I think a lot of the problems in the beginning of the year was this constant fear of any sort of turnovers, any sort of not perfection. 
We heard it a lot from uh, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN broke this down quite a bit about how just like the offense, like it needed to be perfectly run for it to be effective. That they just did motion for motion's sake. There wasn't any real creativity there. And there were some of those problems with Brian Dable as well early on in Allen's career where they were essentially running nuclear physics where everyone else was like, they could throw in some algebra here. Like, we're just going to scheme this guy open. And by the, by Dable's end of his tenure, we had done that. And it's just, I think that's, I, I think it's ultimately my big point of these three and a half hours we've been talking today. It's just, I feel like the Bills get in their own way too too much. It, just you, too they overthink much. it. They overthink it constantly. They set themselves up in this feeling of like, things are going to fall apart if we do this. And it's just, trust the players you have. You have a lot of all-pro talent on this team. You have a Hall of Fame-level quarterback in Josh Allen. Trust who he is. And don't fear that you're going to fall apart every single time. Will there be games where Allen throws a pick right at the end? Yeah. Go back to last year in Kansas City when the Bills played the Chiefs. Mahomes threw a pick right at the end of the game in their final drive to go win it. He threw a pick. Those happen. But you'll win more games than you lose if you just trust your insane level quarterback to just go make plays, to just put themselves in a position to win. You it's, see it with the Chiefs all the time where they just – the keys to the car are Mahomes. Yes, he has Andy Reid calling plays as well, but Andy Reid is not a perfect coach. That man still to this day really does not have a semblance for clock management. Still doesn't. Right. Honestly, honestly, when you, when you look at the way – the Bills are looking at Josh Allen with the you know the whole interceptions thing. It's like looking at a goaltender in the NHL and saying, "Hey, you let in a goal last game, but you made fifty-seven saves, so we're not going to start you tomorrow." Yeah, like yeah, like it, it's it's interceptions happen. Things mm-hmm. will happen. Yep. But when you score four touchdowns by yourself, when you throw two of them, and you and you rush for two of them, you got to trust that guy. Yeah, got to trust. Why that wouldn't guy? you? It's it doesn't make sense. Let's go to the phones. We've got Luke in Rochester on the line. Luke, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Uh, we're doing good, man. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Um, those, are, those are frustrations that I've had, the inability for Sermon um, to realize that Allen is a special talent. He failed to do that early in that 2020 season where he went into the championship game in Kansas City, and he is settling for field goals mm-hmm. inside the 10-yard line. Uh, he, con- he continues to fail to recognize Allen's greatness. He's probably the best player in the league, like Tasker says. I, I totally believe that. But somehow, McDermott doesn't see it. He doesn't see it that way. Instead, he coaches in a ma- cowardly manner, both on offense and defense. You guys have said it more eloquently than I just did, but this, this is why I don't think he's the right coach for the Bills. He can't utilize, he can't exploit Allen's great skills. Yeah, uh, look, yeah, Luke. Uh, we got some other people on the line. Uh, we got to get to them as well. But thanks for the call. I, I, look, I, how I put it always, kind of jokingly, is he treat he treats Allen like he's Kyle Orton. He treats him like he can't radically change a game by just being involved. And I, like that will always be my biggest frustration. We go back to that 2020 season when Allen had ascended. Because like, that's the thing. In 2018 when he was a rookie, totally get like not well, like he was not the passer he was. 2019 he was slowly getting to that guy, but we didn't have the weapons. 2020 is kind of the start of it, and that's right. In, in the championship game, they went into a shell. 
or McDermott kind of went into a shell and they were kicking field goals when it was like fourth and three, fourth and four. And you're going up against a juggernaut at that time, especially in Kansas City Chiefs, where you should have been able to keep up with them. You should have been going toe to toe with them. And it just, it seems like to this day, and I think a lot of it does come down to the position of the ball he coaches. It doesn't matter that McDermott is a younger guy from a younger generation. He is a defensive coach and just... I think inherently on that side of the ball, you will be more conservative. You will always kind of go to the idea of this team has to score less points for us to win rather than we have to score more points to win. I think that's always going to be kind of the different ideas of how you're running a team based on defense and offense. And that's why the league has gone more towards offense. The league has gone more to, or, or why, why league and, and teams have gone more towards offensive coaches is that now it, more than ever, it is a quarterback league. It is not even a running back league. It's always kind of been offense. But instead of running back, it's quarterback now. And you need a head coach that is going to be willing to put trust in that quarterback to go win games. And you're seeing now we've had an explosion of talent. For years now, we've kind of seen the NFL take bits and pieces from college. And, and now they're more friendly with analytics. Fourth downs used to be terrifying until you were losing and you had two seconds left to win a game. Now, you cross the 50-yard line and it's fourth and one 30 teams out of 32 are going to go for it. It could be the first quarter or the fourth. It doesn't matter. Teams are going to do that. Personally, if the bills won every game or lost every game, 34 to 37, I wouldn't, that'd be fine with me. It's kind of where I want it at. I mean, you're like, cause you're going to, but with Allen at your quarterback, you're going to win some of those games. Right. Look, ultimately, like that's that's the thing too, and and this is and this is a big thing for me. I think long term now, the defense is getting old. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer look like they've lost a step this mm-hmm. year. You know, you're already looking at potentially a a a, a, a I don't want to say career altering injury to Tre'Davious White now. I, I don't know what kind of Trey White we're going to have next year. I just don't. And you, nobody does. You know, you talked about when we were talking about Leonard Floyd earlier. You talked about like, oh, are they going to have enough money? As tough as it is to say. Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde kind of have that money for Leonard Floyd. Well, they're I think both only have one year left on their contract. I think both are going to be free agents after this year. So I mean, like that's that's so, that's a key but, thing. That, so like they're not really on the books for next year. Well, that's what I'm saying. You get that money back. Well, I mean, yeah, it opens up, but overall, they're not going to have a ton of money. I think right. Hyde's a free agent after this season. Poyer, he signed a two-year deal this offseason. All right, so you're, even then, I I really wouldn't want Poyer back either. That's I mean that's like it, it, they both look older and and they are they are that's not it's not to them where it's like eh, they're twenty five but you know they look older no they are they're both in their thirties now I mean this is where we're at mm-hmm. but on that point though you're gonna have to trust your offense you're gonna have to go to we have to outscore teams you're gonna have to because you have like this is it this is what you got. That's where you're young at, and you're not even really that young because to keep East on your offense, and Stephon Diggs has turned 30. Happy birthday to him, I think, yesterday. And then Mitch Morris is a concussion away from potentially retiring. That has been always a looming ghost around this team is how many concussions he picked up even before he got to the Bills, let alone now. So there's always that fear there. And then Josh Allen, of course, you're not he's not considered the young quarterbacks anymore. He's over the age of 25. That's always kind of how the rule's been that – you know, under 25 quarterbacks. He's over that point now. And and realistically, you know, I, I was banging the drum earlier for him to be rushing and stuff. He mm-hmm. has four years of that left. See, I don't know. I think, I think he actually could go a few more years with that. I, I honestly do. With that, well, but okay. The style he was just playing mm-hmm. before the last couple weeks, I think that's what he's going to start to have to develop when he's 31, 32, 33. 
personally. Yeah. I mean, kind of depends how the next four years go, but it it just I don't know. Like, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but that's the time that's the time of a career where I would say I agree with teams when they say, okay, you, you got to start slowing down. Mm-hmm. Not now when you're in your prime yeah. when you are a major part of the offense when when Allen is running that the other defense doesn't know what to do. He's the oil in the engine to the offense. Right. He just is. Yeah. And he, and he's a major reason why this thing hums. And and it's just like if you have all of these options and then your quarterback is another one, mm-hmm. like most offenses have two to three receiving slash rushing options. Mm-hmm. When one of them is their quarterback, they are usually considered elite. Yeah. This is one of those offenses, but it's not been treated that way. And it's it's as people have been saying, it's a Ferrari that's been treated like a grocery getter. Uh, yeah. We're driving around the suburbs. Yeah, here. like a minivan. Yeah, and it's it's incredibly frustrating. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Jack in Williamsville. Jack, welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Very well, gentlemen. How are you? Doing very well. Hey, death by a thousand cuts is what I call those end-of-the-game scenarios when it's a one-score game and mm-hmm. you're on defense. Okay, you soften up, and they just come down the field and inevitably score. I say forget the softening. Play hard immediately. Play to win immediately. Tighten down storm them, try to get, you know, put them out of commission, stop them. Okay, if they score, then you get the ball back anyway. And so you're the one at the end that's making them sweat out their death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, Jack, thanks for the call. I think it's actually a good point on that, though. Like, I've had a few times, and I don't, I uh, look, I'm not coaching the NFL. I, I, I just watched the sport. But there has been a part of me that has thought, like, when there's, like, two minutes left and they're, like, on, like, hour 30, almost to the red zone, there has been a thought of, like, you might want to let them score soon. Right, almost to, to to get the ball back to Allen, so that we're not sitting here going, all right, now now they've got 15 seconds because they drain the clock. I mean, we've also seen it though, where NFL teams kind of know that. Let's go back to the Baltimore Ravens game last year for the Bills, mm-hmm. where instead of scoring, Devin Singletary, who I think I think it was like a 10 yard rush, slid. Yeah, because it was like, no, we're not going to give you the ball back ever. So I like I think there is kind of that feeling, but like for me at least, it, I just I wouldn't change much. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. About their end of game defenses. I really wouldn't. But I think they do. I think it does become don't give up the big play. Don't right. give up 30 yards in a single go. But it, it's, it's, you know, to Jack's point there, it's... If you pressure them, they're going to either make a really big play and you get the ball back quickly, or they're going to make a really big mistake. And it, and it all it ultimately comes back around to trust your offense, right? Trust and, your quarterback. And, and pressure is one of the biggest things in sports. If you can pressure somebody, mm-hmm. like I just said, they're going to make a big play or they're going to make a big big mistake. And in that case, if they make a big play, okay, cool. 
we're going to go do the same exact thing. And we're going to take more time to do it. And you, but, and you don't even need to necessarily. Because, I mean, they're going well, to take, right. take time off the clock anyways. It's just, it's one of those things of, like, you know, even even like looking back at that, though, I, I just, I, I'm going to go back to the Eagles game. And I don't mean to just harp on that game because it is other games that I'm frustrated about. Yeah, it but is, it's, it is it's the fresh. overall. But it is stuff like, you know, why why even take a second or a one timeout to ice potentially Jake Elliott? It's a 59-yard yeah, kick no. in the rain. Let's see how this lies. If he makes it fantastic, we've got two timeouts, twenty seconds. Let's go down the field. And like, and like that to me is is definitively. It was his quotes in the post game and the next day of of risk reward and talking about the Eagles' defensive line and like like to me more than anything, it's it's what he said. McDermott, I'm I'm talking about what he said after the game that kind of just made it more obvious than ever that like he is terrified constantly that they will lose terrified constantly that a single mistake will happen and then they will lose. And then again, I, I, I make the joke, but the, like Kyle Orton is his quarterback and they need to just hold on for dear life and wait for the clock to hit triple zero. That is ridiculous. That is not who your quarterback is. If your quarterback had two more wins on the season, he's the MVP favorite. If they were eight and four instead of six and six, he might be the MVP favorite based off stats alone, but based off record alone, he can't be because they probably won't make the playoffs. And he's treating him like it's just, that he's not that good. And it is incredibly frustrating. we got to take a quick time out here if you want to join the show. 803-0550 is the number to call. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in for a One Bills Live today and tomorrow. And you're listening to WGR. As time, throws over the middle to the goal line. Did he catch the football? He did. It's a touchdown. He was blocked by defenders, but James Cook... James Cook caught the football at the goal line, or is it Diggs? It's Diggs. It's Stephon Diggs. Chris Brown on the call there, and oh man, Dick. That the, touchdown. The, the game was awesome. That touchdown was awesome. Easily the most frustrating part. If anyone uh, follows me on Twitter, at Zachary Jones198, you will know I was going through a um, roller coaster of emotions that entire game because honestly, in the third I think quarter, we Josh, all were. Oh, yeah. yeah. In you, the third quarter, I fully believed this team could make a run. I still Full, believe I it. Fully, no, stop. Stop. But well, no. But for me, I, I, it was it was the way. Because remember, I mean, they gave up thirty points in that second half. Right. But right. in the third quarter, I think it, I, I, at the point, I think I tweeted it. They were they were up twenty four fourteen. Allen was firing on all, on all cylinders in the rain in Philly. I was like, the, here here we go. They're going to go on the bye week, get healthier, and they're going to beat Kansas City. Like mm-hmm. my entire mindset, and I and I'm with you. I think they can still do it. I, I and I really do. I think number one though, they've I've converted dug themselves. You. But no, it's not, it's not just that. I think they could win every game and still miss the playoffs, just for the sheer fact that they've lost too many games already. I mean, like yeah, no, that's a yeah. Pittsburgh refuses to be bad; they refuse to lose games. Kenny Pickett's not good, and they keep winning. Yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't understand Pittsburgh at all. Um, this is this is how Mike Tomlin runs things. He drags teams into the mud and beats them up, and walks out bruised, exhausted, and one and zero. It's ex- I hate it. I hate it. If I was a Pittsburgh fan, I would need so many heart pills. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you deal with that. It's like those memes where it's like, hey, the game's starting. Oh, my God, what's happening? Hey, look, we won. And we won. <laughs> but like, that's what it is. And it's just, I, c- can they? Yes. Because they should be a Super Bowl contender this year. They are an incredibly talented team. They have an MVP caliber quarterback, and they're 6-6. Six and six. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's that's where we're at. Is there a part of me? 
that is excited at the potential of them not making the playoffs and having a higher draft pick, I'd lie to you. I'd be lying if I said no. No, I'm right there with you because honestly, with the amount of high level wide receivers in this draft, because oh, it's exciting. You know, it's wide receivers exciting. is what you need. It's it's okay if either thing happens. I think. I I, I to a point, I think so. I think my only fear though is is the core of this roster. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of this roster was the key to the Bills breaking the drought and then becoming one of the most respected organizations in North American sports, let alone just football, is getting old. They are retiring. We just brought up Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Poyer's got another year after this. Micah Hyde's got no more years after this. This is it. And I don't know if they bring him back. Right. And to be perfectly honest, I don't know if they necessarily have a clear-cut replacement there. You have Taylor Taylor Rapp, Rapp maybe, but I don't know if I would totally say he's been amazing. No, but he's, uh, to be fair, he's had his moments. He's Sure, sure. But at cornerback, I, I like what Christian Benford's brought. Rasul Douglas needs to be signed to an extension yesterday. Yeah. I, I really like that trade. That should have been a trade and sign. Matt Milano. I mean, we didn't I'm, know it at the time, but. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Milano, I'm really hoping he's fine come next year because that linebacking duo between him and Bernard could be special. That's what See, that's what we wanted with Milano and Edmonds. I think. I think we had to fight with that a lot for like the last two or three years of, did we have it? Not really. Because with Edmonds, but Edmonds would have those moments where you're like, okay, it's right. coming together. Right. Here we go. But Bernard has those moments too right now. Yeah, Bernard is making pop where, plays in his first year starting. Right. In his second whereas, year in the league. Whereas, you know, sure, Tremaine Edmonds is younger. Like, well, not younger, but he was younger when he came into the league. 19. 19. It's insane. People forget that. It's insanity. But he was 19 when he came into the league. So, yeah, sure, he's going to take longer to develop because he's so much younger. But at the same time, even once he did kind of develop, and now you look at him in Chicago, he's still not really it's, making he's those still, big He's plays. still a step behind. Yep. He, he reacts far too slowly for a middle linebacker. Look, did he get thrown to the fire when he first got here? Yeah, he was Bill's starting middle linebacker at 19. It was insane. Yeah. How both crazy. him and Allen basically had to be the quarterbacks of their respective units right away. But where Allen developed into the freak of nature, Edmonds never developed into that guy. I think also, mm-hmm. to be fair, many of us had maybe different expectations than we should have had for Tremaine Edmonds. He was traded up for in the first round, 6'5", ran like a deer. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting, like, oh, he's going to be a pass-rushing linebacker. Right. He's going to be that dude right. that's like Brian Urlacher or coming you know, from Carolina with McDermott, Luke Heakley. Mm-hmm. That he's going to be that difference maker, and he wasn't. Instead, they actually got into Matt Milano as a fifth-round pick. I would, I think the year before, I think. Uh, um, but regardless, they get it in Matt Milano, and he is maybe the best off-ball linebacker in football. And I think Milano that, was drafted in 2017, so yes. But yeah, so I mean, like that's that's kind of what hurt them ultimately was that just Edmonds never really became that guy. But I don't ever think he was really supposed to be that guy. You were hoping just that he was going to be a really stout middle linebacker, and if his reaction, it, 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 he just if his reactions were better, I think we would have something there because I think that was a big problem with him as well. Is just Every time you saw potential, you know, batted ball up in the air, here's the interception, he's that step behind. And he never came down with it. Just behind. Yep. And you've already seen it from Bernard that he has not been that guy at all. He's no, been he's... a guy that is there, it feels like, every single time. He knows exactly where the ball is, it feels like, every single time. But so on that defense side, though, yes, it's nice to see guys like Bernard, and I'd even say Christian Benford kind of become, like, I, I guess, like one of their, their clear-cut starting cornerbacks. I mean, he's made Kyrie Elam a guy that they can – well, and, and Elam is – it's all the stuff with the injuries. I think Elam is also truly his first miss being right. first-round miss. Mm-hmm. Like Cody Ford we can talk about, but like that I think also like the team acknowledges that they kind of 
botched his development. I think yeah. Elam is genuinely the first miss. Like in like we can't play. You don't him. you don't you don't think it's an injury thing? No, I don't think he fits their system. I think they mm-hmm. looked at a guy that and thought he's got all the athletic tools we need and we can teach him the zone system. And then it just didn't work. And it, it didn't work because he never played zone at Florida. He was a man coverage guy constantly. Like that's who he was. Right. And while when they put him in, in and I guess my my frustrating with 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 Elam if we're, if we're going to touch on that real quick. Last year he looked fine. Yeah, he what happened? Good at times. That's why I that's why I do wonder if it was an injury thing. Like did something happen in training camp where he got hurt and he mm-hmm. just didn't look right? I don't know, man. I just, I do wonder about that. I I came into this year and I thought, man, Elam's going to take that next step because he because you saw it at the end of last year. Him and Benford, fantastic. Like they got two home runs at cornerback. You know, Elam's just going to take that next step and. All of training camp, it was constantly like, Elam's not taking advantage. He's not breaking away. And then even for a little while, Christian Benford didn't. It was Dane Jackson mm-hmm. that was really like kind of the star of that show. And now here we're at. I mean, of course, you have the injury to to Tredavious White that kind of threw a wrench into their plans. But it's been Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and now, of course, Rasul Douglas. And Rasul Douglas looks to be a guy that should stay because he's a matchup problem. He is a taller cornerback. He's a stronger cornerback, something they didn't necessarily have. I mean, he he held A.J. Brown to a pretty quiet game outside of a – I think he had, a, a, like, three catches for a touchdown. I know he had a touchdown, but he, for the most part, didn't, like, pop off. He didn't look like the A.J. Brown from a few weeks ago that, you know, was devouring worlds and looked like an MVP candidate, a wide receiver, which is unheard of. <laughs> yeah. He, he wasn't doing that. But there's key pieces here that are getting old, and they're going to have to rely on that offense. They're going to have to be – guys, we have to outscore people because we've got a young defense. That, look, they're going to have 10 picks – and you'd be crazy to think they're not probably going to draft a safety high or early. You know, they they probably are going to add another edge rusher. That's likely going to happen because they kind of need to. What is the what does the free agent class look like for safeties this year? Probably not that great, to be perfectly honest. I don't, I don't so? know necessarily if I'd want to even jump into that. I actually probably would want to bring in a guy into my system. Along with this, too, AJ Epinesa, I believe, is, is a free agent after this year. So, I mean, that's going to be one of your guys, too. I don't know if you are totally going to bring him back. I don't know if I'd even want to. I mean, Gabe Davis is the is the main name that we talk about when it's, you know, hey, he's going to be overpaid, probably shouldn't bring him back, should let him walk. But if you let Epinesa walk, and now with everything developing with Von Miller potentially, I mean, you all of a sudden become very thin at defensive, or especially at edge rusher, but very thin at defensive line. You don't have a defensive tackle under contract pass this year outside of Ed Oliver. Buda Baker. Free agent. Buda Baker would be interesting. Buda Baker was, was really good for like a year or two, and now I think he's dealt with injuries, but also I think he wanted kind of out of Arizona, and now he kind of wants it back in. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just I just did a quick search. I'm not like Buda Baker going be, Buda Baker's a fun name, though. Deep dive, you know. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson with Detroit. Oh, he's got an injury, though, doesn't he? Yes. I he think he's out played, for the year, yeah. He only played two games this year. He's out for the year. Man, Detroit really only signed him to a year? Oh, all right. That's interesting. I don't know why. I thought I thought they had locked him in long term. All right, but like, I think I'd much rather go safety in like rounds two or three. No, yeah, I I, I don't. But I I wouldn't be surprised though if they made a move like this mm-hmm. in free agency because mm-hmm. it it just seems like a place to fix the secondary. I mean, that's what they did last time. Yeah, they brought yeah. in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer from free agency. I think in subsequent seasons, right? It wasn't like they both came in at the same time. I think it was the same off season. Yeah. Same off season. Okay. Well, but still, I mean, I just. Not to say I want to see them, because they wouldn't be wasting a draft pick, but they've been drafting high on defense for so many years. Yeah, you want you want to take I just, from what it was last year. I just year. want to see the first 
one to two to three rounds be offense. Like and they did technically it. do that this year, right? But get a wide receiver. That's and, that, and that's that's the key. Please. That's the key point there, isn't it? That's the key point like, is that you want just look, do for, it. For me, a lot of it has become I need a wide receiver two that I think that can become wide receiver one. And and I Stephon don't want Diggs has turned thirty. Right. I, I don't know when his fall off is going to happen. He plays the game though that it, there is that longevity bit mm-hmm. there. He's more of a route runner. He's more yeah. of a technician. He has the physical traits. Don't get me wrong, but he is somebody that is very much precise. Where when you look at a guy like a DK Metcalf or an AJ Brown, they're stronger than you. Yeah, that's that's DK be a, Metcalf yeah. especially. They're, that's that, gonna be a he, big part of the game. He chased down someone that got an interception. Budabaker. Oh yeah, it was Budabaker for like it was. I don't know. I think they were. He went getting, like ninety yards. Yeah, but they were like. I, I think it was you know kind of the end of the game. Didn't really matter. And and he's just like nope, not happening. But and he it, just ran yeah, him down. And they're it was faster just, and they're stronger than their opposition. But when they turn thirty to thirty two ish area, right. It falls off quick. That falls off quick. However, with a guy like you said, with with Diggs, it lasts longer. There's longevity, but it's still, you know, you're you you're, gotta you're pre- getting be prepared there. though, especially right. when you have the quarterback like Josh Allen. You have to be prepared for that eventuality of all right. He's not our number one anymore. We've got to move on now, or, right? Or you know, he he takes a back seat to the new number one and kind yeah. of gracefully kind that, of exit stage right. And it'd be nice to have him be that mentor, be there for. You know, whoever you would draft this year, and a guy like Khalil Shakir, Justin Shorter, he's also still in the mix. I mean, he's been hurt. I mean, he's in the mix, but he's a fifth-round rookie. I'm not— Shakir was a fifth-round rookie, but Shakir also played. Shakir also played. and and also makes a difference. For me, it's also—there's a reason you're a fifth-round pick a a lot of the time. Yeah. I want a guy like a Malik Neighbors out of LSU no, where it's I, just like the I dude's going to win the Bolitnikoff Award this year for the stats he put up at LSU with him and Jaden Daniels just mm-hmm. lighting up SEC defenses. But my, my point with, with, with Shorter is, is is you want that first-round talent, you want that second-round talent to be the focal point of your offense. Yeah. But you also need those depth guys to do stuff that when your first-round talent or your top-end talent is double-covered, hey – Here's this guy they that can break a defense themselves. I think we've right. seen too many times, and this is where I'm I'm somebody that doesn't want to see them pay Gay Davis, even if they had the money. I don't really mm-hmm. think they do. I do think a right. team like a Carolina or Chicago is going to break the bank to get them in, Carolina specifically, because they do not have a first round pick. And they also and don't they have any weapons. Really need wide receivers. He that's too inconsistent. I have the Tampa game where Oh my gosh, he got targeted 12 times. He had nine catches for over 100 yards, a touchdown. They used them all across the field. It was amazing. And he- Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode and catch up with in game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre and post game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. There's two games where he is literally not a factor, Josh. Well, yeah, I, have and to, I have to have the offensive coordinator and Joe Brady go out with the media and defend <laughs> him and be like, well, actually, now wait a second. He might be the MVP of this offense. Did you see his blocking? That is obnoxious, and I'm yeah. tired of that coach speak. I don't want a wide receiver to be a blocker. That's what tight ends are for. Yeah, that can be. A, that can be. <laughs> that's a, what linemen are for. That's a nice attribute to have. Of hey, I'm a great blocker as well. Fantastic. That's a. That's awesome to have. I need you catching passes. I need the offense being able to be used through you and for you to score touchdowns. I need you to be a problem for defenses 
to to have to game plan against. You know who the defense are game planning against? Jordan Addison, and Justin Jefferson isn't playing. Yeah. I mean, you get a solid quarterback there with those two. Look at what the numbers Kirk Cousins was putting up before he got hurt. The mm-hmm. team wasn't winning because they're not that talented. They're not that deep. But you see the numbers he was putting up? Put Kyler Murray in Minnesota. No, it could be fun. That, that would be, be fun. Really, that could be really fun. It would be, you know, I don't know. I don't think it would be like great because they don't have that good of an offensive line. It'll be but interesting. It'd be interesting. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back, we'll get you ready for Show of the Bullock coming up at 3 o'clock. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt filling in for One Bills Live, and you're listening to WGR. Welcome back, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you for just a few more minutes here. Filling in for One Bills Live. They've got the next two days off. Coming up next is going to be Shope and the Bulldog. 3-7 as we get ready for the Sabres tonight. It's, ah, they're flirting with Sabres after dark. It's, it's an 8 o'clock it's close. drop. It's, it's close. It's as close as it's going to get before it's Sabres after dark. Yes. And that's in like a week. Like a week or so when, they, do you when call, they fully go out west. How do you consider it Sabres after dark? What do you mean? 9 like, p.m. I'm, or later. I'm, I'm yeah, more so asking yeah. like... 9 or 10 later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. So eight, 9, eight nine o'clock, o'clock is Sabres after dark. And then 8 yes. o'clock is like Sabres at like twilight. Which is ridiculous. And Sabre, not Sabres at dusk. It's ridiculous. Even uh, though even though it's going to be pitch black outside. It, it's going to get dark in about an hour and a half, which anyone likes winners lost to me. Stop. Hey. But with that being said, to me. for the Sabres, UPL in net tonight. Very exciting to see how that's going to go. Uh, Devin Levi is hopefully going to be, I think, having his first start for Rochester this weekend as they're on a road trip. So that should be exciting. And the team, I, they're going to have a ton of games here in a very short succession. They've got one today. They've got two this weekend and then one on Tuesday as well. They're going to have a quick run here. Not 100% confirmed, but Granado did say they're trying to get away from 11-7. and seven. They should be away from it for, Spectacular. Probably for good, hopefully for good. Score goals. Please, Run just shoot gun. Just shoot the puck. Because like I said, you outshoot your opponents, you win games. That's how it's been in every single game they've won this year. Yeah, run just, and gun. Don't just, go with what works, yeah. which is when you were scoring at an obnoxious rate yeah. last year. The, the worst thing that happened to you last year was that your goaltending was suspect and your defense right. was, wasn't fully was bad. There. It was yeah. bad. It was bad, Josh. Show everyone highlights of Tage Thompson and say, hey, that could be you. Because Tage is out right now. Right, because you kind of need somebody to do that. <laughs> and, I mean, you're getting it from guys like Casey Middlestad. Alex Tuck's figured it out. J.J. Paterka has really taken that step that I think many people were hoping he would. And they're, they're an exciting crew, but it's they they got to start stringing games together, man. They've got to just be consistent. And, and and that's been their issue for... Ever. Ever. Really, well, really, not forever. no, but like you know, <laughs> for, for the last like during, five, during the, six years, yeah, during the 10 game win streak, though, they weren't ever really that good, they were always kind of a bad team, but then they became consistently bad. And the they 10 were game awful. win streak was five years ago. Oh, well, it was, uh, but like these, <laughs> not to not to make yeah, you feel like wow, that. it was, but <laughs> but these last two years, though, I mean, they've got they've got to consistently get points, they've got to string wins together. I mean, look, they're already better than they were last November when they had a 10 game losing streak yeah. and got no points out of that, it was all regulation losses. They're already better than that, but they're 500 hockey. You got to start. Put, and I'm not. I'm not asking for a five, six game win streak. No, two, three. Come on, two or three with a loss here and there. Or how about not every single back to back you get destroyed in the second game because you know if every you ten, want to start the game off at 50. percent If every 10 games you're six and four, I can live with that. You can live with that. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, we were filling in for One Bills Live today. We'll be back tomorrow for the Extra Point Show and One Bills Live as well, so I hope you're there. But coming up next, after a quick timeout, Show with the Bulldog.
here on a Thursday. Sabres later tonight at 8, pregame at 7, and you're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.